Welcome to the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influitive, where we talk with customer-obsessed people to uncover how you can be more customer-focused. I'm your host, Dan Kalmar. Today, I'm joined by Julie Norquist-Roy. Julie has over 25 years' experience creating repeatable, predictable value and a high-impact client and brand experience for global software technology organizations. She's built marketing at four different SaaS companies now valued at over a billion dollars and has participated in successful exits, including IPO and acquisition. Julie currently serves as an independent board advisor for high growth SaaS companies in Ferd and NorthPass. Today, we talked about how advocacy doesn't need to be just a marketing thing. Ideally, your entire organization cares about and is impacted by its efforts. Unfortunately, that's not the reality at a lot of companies. Salespeople might think that case studies and testimonials can help, but believe it's marketing's job to just figure it out. Julie, however, believes everyone has a role to play. In this episode, Julie outlines why advocacy can truly impact every part of the organization. She gives ideas for how to align sales and CS to this more customer-centric view, and she shares why you just might want to double your budget for post-it notes. Julie, welcome to the All About the Customer podcast. So good to have you here. So great to be here, Dan. Thanks for having me on. So today we're going to be talking about advocacy and why it really is this organizational-wide thing, not just this marketing thing. Uh, So why do you think that advocacy is something that should permeate the entire organization, not just live within marketing? Yeah, I love this question. It's, you know, customer advocacy is you, why are you running your business? You know, how, why did you create your business in the first place? And I'm assuming it's to sell a product or service to, to customers. And I, I think what uh, happens sometimes in organizations is they lose sight a little bit of that, of that goal, which, which seems a little anti-intuitive uh, if you think about it. But I, you know, I've seen organizations, for example, they focus so much on a product and the technical coolness of the product, the features, the functions, is they start to lose sight of the customer and what the customer actually needs, the customer wants, um, what they need to transform their business, whatever it may be, what their goals are. And so I think it's helpful to take a step back and come back to the drawing board uh, you know, throughout the year and think about, is what we're doing right now going to help my customer be better, do things faster? be more efficient, save time, save costs, whatever those objectives may be. And and so I think it is important to gather, you know, the leadership team and then to really get together with your managers and your leadership to understand if you're on that track or if somehow you you veered off a little bit. And it can happen to the best of us, Dan. I've I've seen it happen in many of the organizations I've worked with or advised. So incredibly important to to, uh, revisit that uh, frequently. So there's a few things that you mentioned there that I want to dive deeper into. So one, you said it's it's easy to lose track of, of our why with starting these companies and you know we, we end up veering off. Why do you feel like companies end up veering off? Is it just you know market forces if we all have quarterly forecasts we're trying to hit? Like why do people lose focus of their customers? Yeah, I think I mean I think it's that reason for sure. You know, you're trying to hit those numbers, your board has certain requirements, and so you know it's all about getting that new customer in the sale. But that can maybe distract you from the customers that you already have on board. Um, I also think sometimes companies start because they have a cool feature, cool product, but they don't necessarily know if there's a product market fit that a customer actually wants to buy it. And then, you know, sometimes you're in a competitive situation, maybe with another vendor and you're trying to compete with them on, again, a feature or market leadership, whatever it may be, but you're not actually serving your customers. 
And so that's, you know, losing sight of that is ultimately going to put you in a position of, of losing anyway. So I, I often say to CEOs, don't focus so much on the competitors, focus on what's going to make your customers better and happier. So the other thing I want to dive into there is you mentioned having this kind of regular check-in to make sure that the organization is aligned to, you know, rethinking about the customer. What does that tend to look like in organizations that you've seen do it well? Like, do you, do they just have something in the calendar for every quarter of a, a sort of check-in or what does that look like? Yeah. So this is, let me try to pull this apart here. So it's, it's really multiple angles on this. So I think the first thing is you mentioned the why. So why are we existing and how is that kind of informing our corporate strategy and, and departmental strategies? And starting to think about what are the KPIs of the organization that are going to align to you know, our customer experience or customer success? And then making sure that you're, you're cascading that to your organization, that every single individual in your, in your company is thinking about what is my job doing to impact you know, customer experience, customer happiness, customer satisfaction, customer loyalty, customer adoption of our product. And so really making that part of, you know, the way they're being measured, what their performance is. Um, you know, I've seen some figures where, you know, increasing, you know, employee experience, uh, the experience delivery to the customer is going to, you know, increase the retention of the customers. And so there's really a direct correlation, which is incredibly important you know, boards sometimes they'll focus on, and leadership will focus on net new uh, additions of customers to to the org, um, but don't lose sight on you know the retention of of the current customers. So the net retention is an incredibly important metric that needs to be at the same at, at parity with you know bringing in new customers. So something to to really measure the leadership team on, and then I, I think as you you know start to you know, evolve your product is make sure that your customers are part of that discussion and essential to that discussion. So some of the things that that we've done is first having a customer advisory board. So bringing some of your strategic and vocal customers together on, on a regular basis to share their insights on what's working for them in the product, what they would believe would be helpful to them in future iterations of the product and really helping to inform and drive that strategy. So I think that's incredibly essential. I've also seen a lot of success with doing, you know, not just quarterly business reviews, but more frequent business reviews with customers, making sure that, you know, the customer success team has a focus on customers based on kind of where they are in terms of their position within the organization. So some customers are, you know, they're happy with the product, they're kind of using it day to day, but they're maybe not using all the features of the product. So then you want to have a particular focus on how can we get them to adopt and use more of those features. And so maybe that would be a particular strategy that you would have in customer success, and that would be ongoing. So there's there's so many things related to this that really permeate the organization all the time. You know, you've got the high-level strategy that you're probably revisiting once a year and then every quarter, and then you're also looking at the day-to-day metrics of how the customers are using and adopting adopting your products. And there's some great products out there that can help to inform, you know, the adoption. Um, are they, you know, educated about the different features that, that are available to them? If they're not, then they're not fully using your product to, the, to its full potential. Julie's advice here is incredibly actionable because we're already having a lot of these touch points, whether internal ones like end of quarter reviews or external ones like QBRs. But we can make slight tweaks to ensure they're more customer centric. 
Absolutely. I mean, if you need to put post-its on all your screens around the company and, you know, is this, I've seen that actually in, in, in teams is, is what I'm doing today, helping our customers. If it's not, then maybe it's not worth spending a lot of time on. And you know, it's cheap as post-it notes, right? Just <laughs> exactly. have a customer, maybe <laughs> photos right. of our customers up around just so it really hits us every time That's we walk right. around the office or our homes. Yeah. So, so often, advocacy and you know customer centricity in general i suppose is thought of as just a marketing thing why don't you think other departments like sales and cs draw like connect the dots back to them like why why don't they think of advocacy as something that's important to them yeah and so just you know to define advocacy is that you know customers are actually sharing the the benefits of your product to others um, getting out in the market and talking to their peers one thing that uh, I spoke a lot about in the organizations that I ran in marketing was that you buy from your peers. And that's the most powerful tool is getting our customers to advocate um, about the product to, to colleagues and friends and peers within their industry, et cetera. And so, as you mentioned, that is often seen as a marketing thing. But ultimately, wouldn't everybody in the organization want customers to be talking about how great your product is? And not to say that if you ask them intuitively, of course, they're going to say, yes, you know, we, we know that and, and we want that to happen. Marketing, go do your job. But I've actually had an interesting you know, situation happen quite frequently with, with sales organizations where they say, we really need these case studies. We need these advocates to sell, to be better sellers. Um, marketing, what can you do? And, and so we appealed to sales to help us do that because they've developed that relationship. They made, you know, ultimately made the sale to the, to the buyer, to the customer. And, and so having their partnership in being able to secure those case studies and, you know, testimonials is essential to, to building that advocacy platform. The same, you know, goes for working with the customer success teams. And again, I, I want to emphasize that each of these teams individually, if you ask them how important is the customer, I mean, that's, that's their ultimate goal. They all agree. I think the, the important thing is connecting the dots between the organizations, the departments, so that you're all working toward a common goal of advocacy, happy customers that want to talk and share their their experience with your company, um, a positive experience, hopefully. So, so making it um, part and parcel to all the goals of the organization. So if I'm, you know, a leader within a team, I want to cascade that to my team. If I'm the CEO, I want to make sure that's cascaded to all my all my teams. And you can do that through, you know, bonuses, compensation, structures, incentives, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, compensation compensation is important to drive behavior. Hopefully people are doing it out of the good of their hearts as well and they want their company to be successful. But um, I have seen that, you know, tying customer metrics to success and to the success of teams is incredibly strong motivator, if you will, to, to connect those dots. Especially those salespeople. They love yeah. <laughs> they love their commissions. All the power to them. We need them desperately. And yeah. and how much of the, you know, not connecting the dots do you think is due to I don't know, not seeing the personal value, not not being able to see how this impacts sales versus just the fact that so many companies are incredibly siloed, right? Like marketing just has its clear function of just you know, get eyeballs on this and then sales takes over. Like how, how much do you feel like if it is an incentive thing, how much of it is a connecting the dots thing, how much of it is a siloed thing? I think it's all of the above, quite frankly. And I think the more you can get your leaders together across different departments to look at the narrative, look at the scenarios of how you can connect those dots as well as, you know, deliver incredible customer experience. So one, one example 
that um, I worked on at Cornerstone Demand is we developed a strategic business impact measurement tool, which kind of operationally linked all the teams, whether they liked it or not. And so it actually started with the first touch point with the potential customer, which was our BDR, SDR group. So the, the, the folks calling into prospective customers to talk about, talk about the product. And at that point in time, they were really just listening and hearing what customers had to say about what their needs were, and then connecting that with the products, so that the product could deliver on those particular needs, you know, through the features that, that, we, ha- that we provided, then they would be successful. And so ultimately, when we made that, that, that sale, and that customers, you know, went through the sales organization, they were also validating that, in fact, these were the different business impact areas that they were looking to to impact. So for example, transformation, um, cost efficiencies, uh, whatever it may be. Um, and so that was all you know kind of brought together through the sales team. When the customer was in an implementation phase, the implementation team was configuring the product, if you will, to make sure that we were recording those different business impacts. So that they could then go back, you know, a quarter later, half year later, a year later, and make sure that the product was actually having the the impacts intended um, and desired by the customer. So it wasn't about how cool the feature was, how cool the product was, was it was really about is this product making a difference in their daily lives as as, uh, users and really making us across all departments thinking about that. And so we had a list of what we called SBIs, you know, strategic business business impacts that were captured in our CRM system by the BDR team initially, validated by the sales team, uh, passed over to the you know implementation team, and then carried through and measured with the customer success team, and then having that validation with that essentially what is ROI on the purchase was then fed back to marketing and sales to then be shared with prospective future customers. And so, you know, really being able to articulate that we had impact on these customers was an incredibly important tool. Not to mention, you know, going back to the customer and, and saying, look, did you know, we saw that this product helped you increase employee retention by X percent. That's that's very powerful data to have uh, that they can share with their internal leaders, therefore driving loyalty and adoption and, and stickiness. I found these last several minutes of the conversation super helpful. Julie outlines exactly how to get different parts of the organization on the same customer-centric page. They established important customer metrics early on in the process. Then the product was configured based on those key indicators, and then CS checked in on those. This is the framework that we should be using to get more of our teams rowing in the same direction. I'd recommend jumping back and re-listening to the last two and a half minutes to let that sink in. So functionally, Who's setting up a system like that? Like when you're trying to figure out what role each team has to play and, and trying to discover what's important to our customers, is there like a, a separate business unit that's putting all this together? Does that live with under marketing? Like what have you seen work in that regard? Yeah, and that, you know, that was the question at the time and, and with different organizations I've worked with, you know, probably these companies were pretty lean and we didn't have like an operations unit that was going to come through and just work on business process and data gathering. And so it really had to be a kind of a joint effort. I 
brought it to the table out of necessity, to be honest, Dan, just because we didn't have the data, you know, and we'd want to write up these testimonials and case studies and kind of in-depth ROI studies, um, which were asked for by, you know, the sales organization, but we didn't have the data. Um, we didn't, you know, we had more um, feature set data versus business impact data. And so out of necessity created this proposal in the system to get everyone aligned across those, those segments, what we called SBI, strategic business impacts. And then the question is who kind of makes sure it's living going forward. And I think that just has to be, you know, leadership across the different departments as they see that this is, has impact with our customers in a po very positive way. And it's also very positive for, for our company, because now we can use that data and leverage it in future sales and also sharing that data back to the customer. So it's, you know, you could have somebody owning it, kind of owning that it's running and it's operating smoothly. And, and that could be marketing. It also could be in this customer success organization. It could be, you know, under the COO's purview, you know, it really depends on the, on the company, I would say. And you've mentioned tying compensation to this or, you know, bonuses. What, what have you seen work there? Like, what does that look like for different teams? I wouldn't say necessarily tying it to the SBIs, um, but you could. Sure, you could do that. I definitely think senior leaders should be tied to net revenue retention and, and retaining customers. Um, and if senior leaders are driven by that, then they're going to make sure that their teams are as well. So I think that's incredibly important metric to, to track, which generally boards will expect you to be doing. I, I think as leaders think about what do different members on my team, how are they measured? You know, I had different folks within my marketing team that had various impacts with customers. You know, one was building out the uh, Influitive uh, Advocacy Portal. Um, and, you know, she was working on getting a number of customers to join the community and to contribute. And so she had kind of an MBO related to that, which rolls back into, you know, the advocacy and also the uh, net revenue retention goals. So it's all different goals that are kind of supporting those overarching strategic goals, I would say. If I dropped Julie into an organization and said, hey, we need to try to get all of our teams more aligned to advocacy, what are the first, like, what are the steps that you would take to try to implement something like this, even at a high level? That would be an incredibly fun project, by the way. <laughs> if anybody like, out there needs to, I think, I think Julie just volunteered to do it, not for free, but I think Julie yeah, I think is up for the challenge. It's such a fun, fun project that I've worked with companies on. Um, I think, you know, first of all, I think you do need to know what those strategic business impact areas are. Because again, go back to your why. Why did you develop this product in the first place? What are you looking to accomplish? And so being able to align your product to those goals for the customer and making sure that everybody in the organization is, is clear on those and then setting up tools and processes to capture that. I would also make sure you have uh, an open feedback loop on the product back to management um, and to product leadership um, from customers. And so I would ensure there's, for example, a customer advisory board in place that you're having, you know, business reviews and that data is being filtered and monitored and, and studied and analyzed and that that's all getting back to leadership and, and product. Um, so there's different things I would be looking at to put in place kind of these fundamental structures operationally to, you know, drive that advocacy engine for the organization. 
And one thing you mentioned in a previous conversation I had was you have these kind of three pillars of marketing that you like to focus on, uh, demand gen, building brand, and heightened customer advocacy. Can you talk about that a little bit and, and how you feel like advocacy is such an important pillar there? Yeah. So if you think of a Venn diagram, I mean, I, you know, a lot of times marketers will have a focus. They'll really focus on demand gen. We want to build the pipeline for sales or they come in and they talk about the brand and, you know, they want to get the, the analyst relation engine going, the PR relation engine going. But I think as critical is the customer building customer advocacy, because that will then in turn drive the brand and also pipeline. Because um, again, you buy from your peers. I think there's no better seller than your customers. And so I actually made that equally weighted on my teams. And on, as I thought about, you know, who would be in which role, you know, they would fit under those pillars basically and focus on those areas. But it was also very complementary of each other. And so everybody was kind of measured on similar goals that transversed, if you will, all three, because they are very complementary. If you don't have happy customers, how are you going to have a good brand? especially today with social media. And, and, and so you have to be <laughs> very mindful of what your customers are thinking. And if you're able to harness all of that, you know, harness all that great advocacy and get it out to the world even better. And, and so we were very fortunate to, to work with Influitive to be able to harness all of that great, great advocacy. Because, you know, as good as the advocacy may be, if it's just sitting, you know, at, the, at their organization and not being shared to the world, that's a lost opportunity. And so you want to be able to gather all of that together and share it with others. At what point do you feel like you need a platform like Influitive to help facilitate this? Like, I'm, I'm sure at some regard, you can just kind of hack things together, but is there a certain scaling point where you feel like you really need to, and, and not even just on the advocacy side, I'm sure there's a lot of marketing automations and things like that, but at what point do you really need to start bringing tools into this? I mean, I think when you have kind of a critical mass of customers, you know, generally, if I think about revenue, we were close to 50 million in revenue when we rolled out Influitive, um, and you have a, a good number of customers already on board. Um, you know, if you're a startup, it's probably not the first priority that you're going to put in place. You probably have other priorities. It comes down to prioritization and budget. But once you have that critical mass of customers and you have enough to create a community, because um, there is definitely the community aspect that I think brings brings a lot to that platform. You know, so I think that would probably be where I would recommend organizations start to look at that. Um, you know, how can we, again, harness effectively all that critical, critical mass of advocates and package it up and create the community that is very helpful to uh, foster um, the advocacy. So I'd love to know what this looks like when you're doing it really well. Uh, what, what are examples that you've seen at other organizations who have really done a good job of making advocacy permeate the whole company? Well, I mean, the, the, the example that I think of often is Salesforce. They had, and I can't remember her name, but she was the CEO of Burberry. And I used to say she was kind of like the poster child for Salesforce. She got up and she spoke, you know, at Dreamforce and she was on stage with Mark Benioff she was literally on the poster. She was on the ads, speaking on behalf of, of Salesforce and what a great product it was across all their product lines. And so that advocacy was so front row and center that you thought, wow. And she was an incredibly charismatic CEO and leader. And, and she really had you know uh, wonderful things to say about Salesforce. So I think there's nothing more powerful when you have this very visible a CEO on stage with, you know, however many people they had at the time, probably 70,000 people on site, and then how many more around the world listening in. I mean, that's incredibly powerful sales tool, if you will. And she, I mean, 
it was definitely benefiting their organization. There was no marketing, quote unquote, about it. It was very genuine. She was truly an advocate. And how do you feel like they harnessed that? Like, do, do you know anything about how they built that relationship? Um, I, I don't know the inside and out of that. Um, I, I don't, unfortunately, Dan, but um, maybe they were using Influitive. And maybe. And you never know. I'll, I'll have to have somebody who has the inside scoop on the podcast yeah. about that one. Yeah. I, well, one thing I can mention maybe is, is uh, we, you know, the companies I've worked with where we get these very visible advocates and vocal, we like vocal advocates, is where the CEO is actually flying out to meet with these folks and really spending time with their teams. You know, it's, I mean, I'll be transparent. It's obviously the most strategic customers that, that you know, the CEO is going to be spending so much time with. But um, I, I'm thinking that probably Burberry was a pretty significant client for Salesforce. And, you know, they were really getting time with the organization. And I think it was a very good win-win relationship. She was probably giving very good feedback to, to them and, and vice versa. And so you, you talk so much about, in, like in that example, how this really needs to, I don't know, but start at the top, but you really need buy-in from the top. Like you need from the highest of the high, the CEO, but you need senior leaders to, to permeate this down. For those listening who aren't in that senior leadership position, like what are the things that they can do to, to drive an initiative like this when they maybe aren't at the top being able to dictate this on down? I can't speak for everybody as a leader, but I love it when people come to me with ideas. You know, I've had some just amazing team members that have come and brought these fantastic ideas to me about customer advocacy and, and other ideas around marketing and brand. And I mean, the greatest ideas come from people on the team. So, you know, we're just there to help guide and, and uh, bring it, maybe bubble it up to the top. But I would say, bring it on. I mean, people want to hear from you. I mean, they, they want to hear your great ideas. That's what makes a great company. And, and you've already given some examples of how different organizations, different parts of the organization can be more customer centric. So it's probably also just starting there. Like even if you aren't aligning all of your other teams, because maybe you can't get sales buy-in because you're not in that leadership position, I think you can probably try to spark that change within your part of the organization. And then if there's success there, then I'm sure you can then start to, you know, talk to other parts of the organization as well. Just have the data behind you. Yeah. <laughs> One important thing is have some data. And what, is, what does that data typically look like? Like, how are you pulling that data? How are you trying to get results? Well, I was just thinking in general, kind of any data for any project, you know, in, in terms of customer advocacy, I mean, I, having a customer advocacy hub, like the business, the business plan we built for budgeting for, you know, Influitive or a similar product, you know, if you can show that the, you know, the value, the return on investment of that is, is meaningful to net new sales, um, and to customer retention, then then I think that's what you come to the table with. You know, to say it's a great looking portal that is really cool. You know, you want to explain why and the impact. But I think that's in any business decision, you want to come with the data. Yeah. So, so as a leader yourself, like how have you seen it effectively done where you're getting, you know, those frontline workers to really, in every department, think about the customer? You know, instead of it just being a value on the wall, like how do you get everybody in the organization to really think about putting the customer first and yeah, working so that into their the everyday work? Not just the post-it notes. Not just the post-it notes. The post-it notes are a good part of it, though. Well, I mean, I, I think, again, the, the CEO, from the CEO down, you know, it's the why. Why are we here? Constantly, you know, iterating on that and sharing that with the team. You know, having it permeate your values. You know, a lot of times the values can seem, uh, well, everyone's saying customer success. So you've got to go farther than the values, but it should, you know, be essential to your values. 
I think also, you know, your goals that are set forth by your leaders, you know, what are the different goals they're setting? How are the, how are those tying back to the customer? In fact, every goal I try to set has some tie-in to future or current customer. Also, I think it could be good to get together the leadership team and brainstorm on what do we want to look like in a year? You know, what do we want to look like in three years? How do we incorporate customer feedback into that vision? Have we gathered that customer feedback? Have we done focus groups with our customers? Um, so everything we're doing strategically is thinking about what are current and future customers going to want from our company. And so it's you know, forcing you not to operate in a silo, because I think that's where companies get into trouble is when they, they start to move too far away from what the customer is needing and going to need in the future. And that's, that's tricky, you know, knowing what they're going to need. But you, know, you get, again, vocal strategic customers on a board, uh, customer advisory board, or in your you know, on-site meetings, your quarterly business reviews, whatever you may be doing, bringing together that feedback um, being able to analyze that feedback and incorporate it into your strategy, I think is, is not just essential, but you know, critical to the success of your business. Love that. So what haven't we talked about around this topic that you think would be good for listeners to learn? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there are, like I mentioned, there's some great tools like Influitive, which has been a great tool for, for us in advocacy. And then I think there are other tools that you want to think about to make sure your customers are happy. Um, Adopting your products, that they understand what features are available to them. Um, you know, there's some great products on the market that do customer education on your products. Look into those and make sure that you're exploring the options because the more your customers are using and benefiting from your product, I've, I've seen sometimes customers are only using 10% of what your product has to offer, yet they're paying for 100% of the product. And so you want to make sure that they're getting closer to that 100% and leveraging, taking advantage of all those features. And so I'm a big proponent of customer education um, and that ongoing touch point with the customers on new features. So don't, don't forget, don't lose line of sight of that. And any tools in particular that you want to shout out on the customer education side? Um, yeah, I mean, disclaim, full disclaimer here, I do advise a company uh, called NorthPass. Um, and they do a great job on really focusing on customer education. So the wrap-up question I asked everybody, uh, for the folks listening at home, looking to get more customer obsessed, what's one thing that they can do today or tomorrow to be more customer focused? I think everybody in the company should be able to say how the product is impacting the customer in what areas, what segments. And so that list, whether it be three major things or five or 10, everybody should know that. And it shouldn't be because it's a cool feature, a cool product functionality. It needs to be what, how does, and so how does that impact a customer? You know, it's those, the, the famous, and yes, and so, and what? <laughs> you keep asking the question, and how is that helping them? Um, and everyone should understand that. And so is the action then to ask ourselves or to ask our team that and make sure that they know the answers? What yeah, I think, I think everybody on our team should know, should know that, yeah. And um, if everybody's able to articulate how the product impacts their customers' lives, then <clears throat> you have a roadmap for where you're going in your product development, your product acquisition strategy, whatever you may be doing on product is going to impact the customer's day-to-day -day and their lives and how they're building their business. So again, stick to the business impact. Don't just talk feature function. Fantastic. Julie, this has been amazing. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much for your time. It's a pleasure. 
So there you have it, non-marketing folks. Advocacy impacts you as well. Do non-marketing folks listen to this podcast? I like to think so. I mean, if my mom does, then everybody probably does. I keep coming back to Julie's framework to align your launch team and CS teams to the customer. If you want to drive more customer centricity, more references, referrals, and reviews, then we need to get everybody moving in the same direction. We need to show sales folks that advocacy will help make their sales process infinitely easier, so they need to help us with those acts of advocacy. We need to show CS folks that they too can have a role to play in driving these acts, and that's going to make for happier customers. Like Julie said, if you asked anyone in your company if we should be more customer-centric, they'd say yes. And everyone would agree that giving more of our happy customers the microphone is a good thing. But not everyone can always connect the dots back to their roles and why it matters to them. As marketers, we have to be those dot connectors. This has been the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influtive. I've been your host, Dan Kalmar. Until next time, maybe pick up some post-it notes to remind you of your customers or have photos of your customers around your house. Actually, no, that second idea is pretty creepy.